Welcome to the Spaceship Earth with me, Dan Burgess. Um, this is episode five, coming live from the ocean. Uh, not in the ocean, but sort of by the ocean. Um, yep, last week it was in the woods in Somerset, and today I'm on a beach in Nicaragua on the Pacific coast. Um, it was a bit of a trek to get here, but I'm here, and it's um, it's very hot, and it's I mean it's quite hard to describe. It's pretty awesome. Um, uh, anyway, in this episode, I'm going to be spontaneously riffing around the ocean. Um, and it's another kind of short experiment in... Um, I'm not interviewing a guest this week, uh, or, or probably next week or the week after, because I'm travelling. But the guests are being lined up, so they, they're coming back. Um, so um, fear not, you won't have to always listen to me um, rambling on. But anyway, this episode is going to be... Um, yeah, it's going to be... Um, water themed and actually I found out this morning which is even even better it's it's actually hashtag world water day today um, anyway more about that later first off I wanted to share a little story um, because um, this yeah something really cosmic and um, amazing I thought happened uh, last week when I was traveling on Saturday I got to flew into San Jose in Costa Rica and I checked my feeds and uh, been on the plane for 11 hours and obviously getting a bit twitchy like what's going on on the internet um, and I'd been um, I'd had a kind of uh, a couple of um, pings a ping basically on Instagram from um, an amazing chap called Mills who's the founder of this extraordinary company called us too um, and he had pinged me because he'd been referencing um, me and this Spaceship Earth, Earth podcast in, in his podcast, which I thought was pretty, pretty amazing, you know, considering, um, I don't know, it's just quite, quite, quite nice, right? But there's more to the story, which is why it's quite nice. So I checked it out. I got to the hotel. I listened to his, listened to his episode. And the thing is, I have been listening to Mills' uh, podcasts um, for the last um, couple of weeks. Um, so, and I've been really enjoying them. And I think what he's doing is, yeah, it really, a lot of it's really connecting with me. Um, and so... Uh, what, so re- why am I telling this story? Well, I'm sharing it because there's a couple of things, really, which I thought were, were just really interesting. First, first thing is that my wife, Seema, had, she had, a, she had uh, told me about Mills' podcast. And she, she, um, I think she'd met Mills, actually, a year or two ago at a conference or something, or something swanky in Cannes, I think it was. Anyway, um, and uh, she, so she'd been listening to his podcast. Um, she's particularly interested in, she's, um, in getting her running practice going. So she's been... Um, and one of the things Mills is doing is doing, um, you know, he's, he's, he's training to do ultras and, and he's a big, big runner. And, um, and so she'd been, um, she'd been listening to his podcast and then she said to me, oh, you should, you should listen. You should, um, you should listen to, uh, you should listen to his podcast. Um, I was like, uh, I'm on a beach, as you can probably tell. There's waves. There's also, I don't know what that was, motorbike. Um, anyway, uh, I lost myself. Yes, so she said you should listen to the you should listen to his podcast. Um, so I started listening to his podcast, um, and then so what was interesting? Then he has discovered my podcast, and he discovered mine through a kind of a, just a random trail of tweets and things on Saturday, which led him to my podcast. So I love the way the cosmos works, and that's why I wanted to mention it because yeah, you know, it's quite meta. I've been listening to his stuff, and then he somehow stumbled across my podcast. And the other th- last thing I want to mention on that is a you should just check out his podcast. It's called. Um, JFDI, 
which uh, I believe stands for Just Effin' Do It. And what's awesome about um, what Mills is doing, and he's doing lots of lots of awesome things, but what the thing that really connected with me is the spirit of what he's doing, which is just do it. Just like, you know, make podcasts, go, do things. If you've got an idea, just try and do it or get the thoughts out of your head. And I've been really guilty. Um, I'm always really guilty of overthinking stuff uh, or keeping things locked in um, and not getting things out into the world and it's actually was one of my big things at the start of this year was to get things out into the world faster which is a little bit what the spaceship earth is all about for me it's a more of a living inquiry of how to get things that are in my head and things i'm feeling and understanding and exploring how to get them out quickly and actually if stuff happens great if it doesn't it's it doesn't really matter it's out there and so uh so yeah so i found uh that that riff that he's on has been very inspiring and encouraging to me and the, fi- uh, the final thing I want to add to this to this little story is um, which connects also to actually quite strongly to I think part of what I'm exploring through Spaceship Earth is what I would call you know being more life-centered um, and I think what I love about M- Mills's uh, exploration is this idea of spontaneity and expression um, being, uh, being whatever in that moment, what is being called for, whatever you're feeling of just getting it out. And I think there's something, yeah, very much that connects with how I think wider life works beyond the human world. I think, you know, the sort of living, the non-human world is generally, I, as far as I can understand, it's, it's spontaneously itself. You know, this wave has just crashed in front of me and it was different to the wave before and it, and it hit. And, 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 and spray was taken away by the wind and everything just kind of just did what it needed to do right then. No one, I didn't, I didn't get a sense that that was being planned but, uh, or, th- or overly thought about. It just kind of happened. Um, and, 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 and like, you know, I'm sitting under this tree, which is, you know, it, it's different to the tree next to it because it's just kind of growing in the way it seems to want to grow. And that's kind of different. And it looks, you know, it's just kind of quite, you know, it's expressive. It's just doing what it needs to do. And, you know, there's a bunch of these extraordinary. I love these birds. Uh, they're, they're called blue jays. They're a sort of lo- local bird, and they're, they're just beautiful birds. And there's a load of them flying around, and they just got these crazy, crazy songs and 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 calls that they make. And again, I'm sure there's intention, but there's something about the way they are, which is just you know, I think they're just they're just out there, just doing their thing. They're just being spontaneous and honest, and 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 so yeah. So that's also really connected with me. Um, and I think also there's a there's a kind of there's a kind of generosity in that as well. Which is the you know, the final thing I'd add, which I think, again, in um, of course in life there is competition and whatever. But if you look, there's a lot of generosity that goes on in the non-human world. There's a lot of giving. There's a lot of things that are giving um, to support others. You know, if you go back to you know, if we go back, if we you know, looking at if you look at soil, right? The earthworm is generally you know playing a big part in creating soil and soil allows us plants to grow it allows us to grow plants to grow for oxygen and for food and so you know it doesn't ask for anything in return it just, it just does that the same with you know obviously trees generating oxygen the ocean as you were plankton there's a lot of a lot of extraordinary generosity that's at play in order to create the conditions for life to exist and so this idea of being more um, spontaneous with our thoughts and our connections and and the things that we've discovered which we like and we want to tell others about there's something really yeah there's something very life-centered in that and so that's the the last sort of thread if you like to the to this little story that i wanted to start with which was sort of how you know why that um that that uh that um so that connection with with mills was um for me quite you know yeah quite cosmic anyway moving on
I've always been quite drawn to the ocean. I've had my moments of scariness and fear of it, um, as I'm sure many people have, you know, particularly when you've sort of been dragged into a, a ripple or currents just, you know, pulled you out as a kid or, or whatever. But there's something about also that power and unpredictability that I love and I really actually, um, I need, I'm drawn to. Um, uh, and, and um, yeah, and th- there's something about that. And I think maybe a lot about that around um you know because a lot of modern life is in actually nowadays is in quite sort of controlled spaces environments where there isn't sort of that much uncertainty you know you can sit down and fairly unlikely you're going to be sort of pulled out or something's going to pop up or you know something's going to crash over the head um or you you know you're struggling for air and while those are potentially can be unpleasant things as well they can also be things that make you feel really alive and also, for me, and I'm sure for many, many others of people, what they do is they, they, they just they, they put me on this kind of level of alertness and presence, which means I'm not thinking about loads of stuff, which is what I tend to do a lot of the time. And now I think this podcast could be a way to sort of get these thoughts out, but I'm always sort of processing lots and lots of information and lots of divergent thoughts. And when I get into the sea, that kind of stops. I'm kind of, I am, I'm there, I'm present, and I'm noticing and uh, because the sea is always changing that's the other thing everything is always changing every wave is different everything's moving and so there's this sense that this you're in this environment and you're kind of i'm i'm feeling kind of very um present and there and that actually then has this extraordinary sort of calming effect on me i find that very very kind of again energized it's a bit like the woods it's a bit like going to the woods a similar thing um but different but similar um uh yes and anyway the other thing about the ocean, as I've been discovering, is actually um, we are actually living on an ocean planet. You know, we are, you know, it's like 70 odd percent of the Earth is water. So actually we are a blue planet, as David Ashford says, we're a blue planet. Um, and, but that's quite profound, um, if you think about it. And the Earth uh, is actually much of our sort of living life-giving systems of the earth are regulated and driven by the ocean so did you know that you know there's this great phrase from 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 um uh, uh diver and ocean activist um uh, sylvia earl marine biologist um which is uh, you know every second breath comes from the ocean no blue no green so every second breath pretty much i think some scientists i think there's a little you know, there's some different kind of perspectives and views on exactly how much, but it's pretty much every second breath is generated by plankton out in the ocean. So the air we breathe on land, we are actually intimately connected to the ocean when we're on land. Now, I think that's pretty incredible. I feel like maybe we don't know that, or I mean, maybe we do know that, but it seems to me, in at least the last three months I've been working on this stuff, that actually most of us don't know that, or we've forgotten it. The other thing, like weather systems, climate, most of our climate on land is driven by the ocean, it's determining what, what happens on land. So when it's pissing it down with rain, you know, in wherever you live, um, and you're having a moan, you know, that it's quite likely that that rain has been produced and created and, and kind of driven over to you through the ocean system so that's you know that's quite interesting isn't it um and so basically like 
you know, the ocean supports life on land. And as the more you get into this stuff, you, you know, again, this is great phrase. Actually, you know, I've got it's like it's, it's, it's this great sort of blue living uh, heart. Is, is it the blue heart of the planet, the ocean? Um, so anyway, what's blowing my mind is this whole realization that actually, you know, we start thinking about the ocean as a as a very different thing not as this distant thing that we go on holiday and get fish from and you know probably recently we've started to 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 hear that's full of lots of plastic but actually it's this it's this life generating life giving system that is actually the thing that's actually creating uh, a big part of life life on earth um, and my friend Jack had this lovely way, actually, of saying, you know, ma- you know, maybe we live in we live in water world. Actually, it's water world. Um, and um, and, uh, and and my friend Zara, she actually had this other term, you know, it's Earth on sea. Maybe Earth on sea is a better way of thinking about um, our relationship to the sea. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, it's quite incredible um, when you start to understand how this stuff works, or you're reminded of it. And apparently, I don't know, were we taught about this at school? I remember when I was younger. Um, I'm actually a lot of this was, was was I think Sting's fault. I mean, just I remember it was all about the rainforests and all about protecting the rainforests, and they were the lungs of the planet. And I, I guess they are obviously a big big part of the planet. But 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 actually, I th- it feels like the more we're learning is that the ocean, and the oceans, or is it the ocean? Well, technically, it's one ocean, but I guess you know. Anyway, the ocean system is what is. Um, is supporting uh, life on earth so we are a watery world and actually this is where it gets quite interesting you know when we're born we're up to about 80 percent uh water in our bodies i think as you become an adult it drops to somewhere between 65 75 percent of we are made of water um the brain is i think about 80 percent water um yeah it's quite quite radical really when you start to think that actually maybe we are much more a uh, uh, beings of water than perhaps we've imagined because as we've gone into land you know we've sort of for- you know we've forgotten that connection um anyway and i'm currently reading a book um i've been trying to read for months but now i'm trying to actually get it finished um which is called blue mind and it's written by uh, an amazing chap called wallace j nichols who's a marine biologist um and then he's written this book called blue mind and the title is uh the surprising science that shows how being near, in, on, or underwater can make you happier, healthier, more connected, and better at what you do. So that's quite um, that got me, and I've been digging into it. And it's a fascinating read. And if you follow, if you have a little search for some of his work, hashtag Blue Mind, and I think he's got a Blue Mind conference. Um, but yeah, it's basically looking at our how water impacts us as, as human beings and how it affects us our, our, our health and well-being which is which is really interesting and it's not just the sea it can, this can be rivers lakes any kind of waterways i'm not sure puddles um i'm not sure if they've looked at you know the the increase in well-being um being surrounded by puddles uh, but maybe that's that's true as well but uh, but generally the old idea of um of water and blue and there's tons of uh, really interesting stuff that's being researched and written about about our relationship to the water um and I definitely do. Like, if I come out from a surf, like I am, like I don't care. I'm sort of might have been like beaten up, battered, might have nearly drowned. Um, but when I come out, I'm like, you know, I'm just zoned and chilled, and you know, I just feel happy, and um, there's no anxiety. Um, uh, don't feel stressed. Um, yeah, I feel have lot of clarity, and I think. Um, 
I think there's, as I said, there's something um, about being in an environment like the ocean, particularly where you, you know, where there is so much going on that you can't control and it is unpredictable, that puts you into this zone of um, of potential actually, because you don't really know. So therefore, you're kind of alert, but in a kind of a really interesting way. Um, and it also makes me think about edges. I don't know. There's, I guess, you know, when you're on the edge of the ocean and when you're in, you, again, it's these edges of what what we kind of know and edges of what we don't know. And again, there's something interesting. Something very fertile about edges. Um, uh, so yeah, so water, oceans, um, and World Water Day. Um, it's quite interesting actually being in Nicaragua where we are here because also it's, it's extraordinarily hot. I'm actually sitting under a little tree on the beach and there's no one on the beach because it's literally, um, it's frying right now um, and there's a big, big wind so it's blowing out all the, the blowing out all the waves so the surf's not really happening. Um, <coughs> that's just why I thought I'd do the podcast. Um, but actually, you know, where we are, again, it's, um, it's, it's pretty remote. There's not much there's not doesn't appear to be that many people here um and um you know if you want um you know the things that we take for granted water and food and all these things you know they're harder to harder to find so there's not much around here you'd have to travel about an hour to to get to a supermarket so we're sort of like um we're eating a lot of rice and beans which is like i like i like rice and beans but you know it, again it makes you realize when you're eating them for breakfast for the fourth day that you know um these kind of access to kind of stuff that we have um in in parts of our lives and some parts of the world and you know it's just sometimes at least of my own person is realizing you know yeah just that gratitude to have access to all these things because when you when you're without you realize um it's a different world but it's it's i'm still happy i mean rice and beans is making me happy but things like water you know you can't drink out the taps and in flushing you've got to be really careful and you can't put anything down the loo at all and I don't know, you just, in some ways, you're kind of like, you know, there's, you're sort of stripped of a lot of, of things that you take for granted, but there's something quite interesting I personally find in being reminded of limits and um, uh, scarcity uh, and that you have to kind of um, adapt. I think that's what really that's about, that there are limits to everything. Um, and if you think of the... Um, you know, the spaceship Earth is really this idea that there are limits um, to resources, there are limits in the systems, what a system can take, um, and there's always abilities f to regenerate. So, for instance, like the, the ocean, you know, the way we've been kind of fishing it, um, like industrial, industrialized, you know, industrial scale fishing, which literally is like, it's like taking a sort of, um, um, you know, like you look at some of this this um, bomb-based kind of trawlers where they're literally like scraping the uh, the ocean floor. Um, it, you know, you're literally like bulldozing. So if this was doing, if the stuff was happening on land, it would be like kind of bulldozers just taking out kind of trees and fields and and birds and everything just to just to just to try and you know you know capture a small bit of protein. Um, you know limits if you keep doing that which is what we're doing then you know the the ocean will struggle to regenerate and we've always seen this the oceans as this sort of vast 
untouchable thing that kind of like we can just sort of do what we want you can just chuck stuff in it and chuck stuff into you know our cities that goes into the kind of waterways and rivers and obviously goes out the ocean or we can just pull as much fish out of it as we like or we can develop as much coastline as we like or whatever we want to do we just do it but of course you can't what we're realizing now is that you know again because it's a living system and it's it's um we're starting to impact its ability to regenerate the flip side of all that is that the ocean has this extraordinary ability to regenerate. So if you protect areas of it quite quickly, it can it can um, it can re- you know it can regenerate um, very very fast if you leave it alone and let it get back to um, its more natural way of existing. And any and you know again, it's complex once you get into this, but also fascinating. So like food, for instance, you know you can if you regenerate parts of the ocean, you will be able to create far more. Um, bigger sources of sustainable protein for humans than you would if you were um, trying to create that level of protein from land um, so again we're sort of moving into this 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 t- time and space where we need to be looking at things systems again looking at ocean and land as a system not going you know well, we're, we live on land and let's just you know let's just carve it all up and create you know let's just like you know farm livestock and create biofuels you know no we have to look at we have to look at this interconnected system of water and land and think well how do you best uh, design a system that can create the conditions and the needs for seven billion plus of us complicated but also quite exciting i think as well you know as we start as this knowledge appears but anyway i i I find that kind of fascinating that the ocean is uh, has this extraordinary potential as i say to regenerate itself way faster than, than than um than kind of systems on land do so i think there's something yeah really exciting um as well when we think about the kind of limits um and challenges that um are ahead but also the possibilities when we start to sort of think and design in this more life-centered way yeah it's actually looking like the wind's dropped it's looking a bit glassy it actually might be sort of surfs up conditions quite soon so i might have to come to a close in the next uh, in the next uh, few minutes um the other thing i guess about water is it's made me think a lot again it's about rivers so in britain anyway um you know we are actually you know we we have sort of rivers and waterways and streams kind of all around us all under us and of course they all lead to the ocean so we are actually way more connected to the ocean than we imagine but we just maybe again we don't we don't see it but all these waterways and rivers that sort of are you know are connecting us into the ocean um or out to um these kind of salt water, fresh water, you know, edges and uh, what's going on there. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, so think about the ocean next time you see your river. Um, and actually that, just on the sort of, again, on this whole sort of pollution note, you know, m- you know ocean plastic pollution is, is not really coming because we're just going out to the beach and chucking loads of rubbish on it or ships are dumping stuff, which of course they all are. But actually, um, most of the pollution, uh, source of the pollution is cities, uh, it's urban populations. Um, and the way that we're, um, uh, um, you know, we're not managing our waste streams at all. And, you know, they're going into kind of sewer systems and overflows and blowing off building sites and landfill and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, the source of the problem is is our city-based humans um, and how we live and the impacts we and decisions we make there are what's driving a lot of what we're seeing out in the ocean right now. So there you have it. And just the last thing I wanted to just riff on, um, 
which was oh, someone's, someone's actually started a drill. There you go. That's just <laughs> that's just taken taking me away from my um, beautiful ocean setup. They're building something behind the uh, the beach, of course. Um, but yeah, it's like um, so. Sylvia, who talks about um, you know, talks about the ocean as um, it's getting really windy. I don't think you can hear that. Um, diving under a tree um so she talks a lot about um yeah this idea of the ocean being the blue heart of the planet which i love um and um and uh and actually currently like we only protect i think like marine protected areas we protect i think around something like something like only seven percent of the ocean is protected So you think, you know, she has this, so if you think about, if it is our heart, if it is the thing that's that's driving all the life-giving systems of our planet, being driven by the ocean, it's this blue, great big blue heart, and yet we're only protecting 7% of it. It's like, you know, would you only ever protect 7% of your heart? Like, you know, that vital organ. So it's such an interesting shift um, to think about. So there we go, that's, um, that's World Water Day, some watery thoughts from me and the Spaceship Earth, um, uh, here live from the beach in Nicaragua. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this, it's been good for me just to get this stuff um, out. Um, as ever, I would love, love any feedback, thoughts, um, if any of this is connected with you, um, you can get me dan at danburgess.earth or um, on Twitter at dansolos. At Dan Solo and on Instagram at Dan Solo. Oh, Dan Solo's got a wrong around. Basically, at Dan Solo. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Um, anything. And uh, as I say, some the my next guests have been lined up, so I'll be doing that, getting those uh, interviews done in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm on the road, probably going to drop another podcast in the next week or so from Costa Rica. Um, but yeah, wishing you a very sort of watery water world day. I actually think, I actually just think I might, when I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back later and um, try and upload this. I've got very dodgy Wi-Fi, so it may not actually go up today on World War Today, and it might actually be later in the week when we're traveling into Costa Rica, but who knows? I'll try. Um, but I was just thinking, I actually I might, put a, I might put a tune on the end of uh, this podcast, a kind of watery flavored themed song, just to kind of, um, you know, just to kind of express my big love for for, for, for the ocean and, and water generally and all, and all things watery. So um, I, I don't know what, but I'm going to drop something. So um, I'll credit it in the um, in the credits. Um, and hopefully it'll be a bit, you know, from sort of DJ, so it's a bit more kind of um, Peterson versus 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 Partridge. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoy. Um, yeah, take it easy. Remember, there are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. We're all crew. Um, until next time, peace and out. <laughs>